Welcome to episode 119 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. I'm Ty, and you can find me on Twitter touting meat alternatives at SEATJK. And with me, as always, is Chris. Where can we find you preparing your exotic foods, Chris? You can find me on Twitter at CD Villasenor. And uh, I don't know. Exotic is not really uh, not what I'm doing these days. <laughs> not yet, anyway. Right. <laughs> I had some leavings tonight. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I was really like, I, I, I baked up some chicken for the, for the family. I always say for the kids, because I feel like that's what I'm cooking for. <laughs> it's just I'm a slave right. or whatever they're going to eat, right? Um, although I have uh, done a good job of slowly expanding their palates on the spices, so the meat is getting better. It's not just oh, salt. <laughs> that's good. That's a, just to broaden their palate a little bit here and there. Just you add one little spice in there that yeah. maybe, you know, that, they're, that perhaps they're good with. Yeah, my wife said I should start a brand of spices, and the kids call me Captain Daddy. The Captain Daddy's family-friendly spices. And I was like, yeah, the, ta- the, the tagline would be, uh, no weird green things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We just leave the green stuff out. Yeah. We leave the green stuff completely off. That's right. Well, tonight we're asking, where's the beef? As we slowly pickle ourselves in our own quarantine juices. In segment one, well, MTV's Kurt Loader turns 75 this week, and it makes our hair go gray in solidarity. So we'll talk some more about celebrities who make us all feel old. While we're talking mortality, in segment two, we're going to revisit the concept of the afterlife database, a concept you've heard us discuss on the show before, and uh, we're going to determine which reports we'd pull first and maybe put some guidelines around the uh, interface of the afterlife database. And finally, as America stares down a meat shortage, we'll examine what might be reasonable alternatives to pork, chicken, and beef, and our own experiences with exotic meats. I know how much you like exotic meats. <laughs> I'm Filipino. We do exotic meat. I'm excited for the stories. Beyond the buzzer, we'll pause for Dejawa before heading to the OT for a brief conversation of movies that get us right in the feels every time. Interact with the show on Twitter at 2on3pod, or hit us up via email at... Hello. At 2on3pod.com, you know how much we love to hear from you. But before we get into it, I have to ask you, Chris, you running into any shitheads lately? (laughs) (laughs) Aside from this podcast? (laughs) No. I've actually been very good about staying out of other people's way or perhaps avoiding people. I mean, that might be. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know where. I don't know if it's a chicken. It's a chicken and egg argument. Am I are are people just am I being lucky or am I am I being good about just like steering steering clear? But no, I have I've been thoroughly thankful over at least the last week to ten days to not have to deal with with anybody anybody goofy. Well, I have not been so fortunate. <laughs> <laughs> we talked last week a little bit about the people at the different types of stores and like what you know the the white claw guy, for instance. Sure. Um, but in this particular situation, uh, I had to go to the pharmacy. We'll call it the pharmacy okay. in, in air quotes. Got it. Uh, following at the pharmacy, they only let four people in the store at once. It's not a very big space. And then there's lines on the sidewalk outside for the folks that are waiting. And so I sidle up in the line and I'm second from the door. So I know there's four people inside the one person in front of me and I'm like, whatever I'm wearing my mask, you know, being respectful and, Homie pulls up in the huge dually Ford, like with his dog in the in the in the passenger seat, hops out. He's wearing a Harley Davidson T-shirt. He's got okay. some interesting sun-in mullet situation. <laughs> let's let, take it easy on the mullet people. 
It's fine because I, I'm not. It's the... not the mullet. It's but it, I mean, it's clearly his regular look. <laughs> <laughs> it's it. not a it's not a quarantine mullet. Right. He's not a. It's not a post Tiger King kind of mullet. He's no, he's, no, no. he's 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 in. He's living it. Yeah, but kind of a you know, dirty Brian Adams look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not really league. a mullet, but you know what? I, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A long all over, <laughs> greasy. Looks like right. the, the blonde is maybe natural. It's hard to tell. Anyway, he immediately like gets in line and he's not respecting the space. Mm-hmm. He's a few feet inside the next line on my back here, and then immediately starts huffing. <sighs> and so he's blowing on me, and I'm like, I turn around purposefully and yeah. just give him a look, like really like you're gonna do this right now mm-hmm. and he he continues on and i continue to look purposefully at him and finally he sort of gets the message and at least starts to back up uh-huh. but he's still back there muttering and just huffing and puffing and whatever just like this is bullshit kind yeah of a, oh kind of a for, deal. no that's what we're getting there <laughs> so after a few more seconds of huffing and puffing and and quite literally he's been in the line for 90 seconds at this point uh-huh. he he just, oh, this is so fucking stupid. And he, like, starts to stomp around, and then he finally just gets back in his truck and leaves. And so he was in the line for a minute and a half. And I, I didn't even have the opportunity to tell him, like, you know, not not very smart, are we? And it's not <laughs> even about the infectious disease part. It's just the, this is a line. It doesn't matter where they make you stand. The wait time is the same. Right. Even if we were all inside, you'd still have to wait the same amount of time to complete your transaction. Even if you were to push me up against the door, <laughs> you're not getting in any sooner. Pal. It doesn't, it just, even if we were inside, we'd just be in line. Yeah. There's no different. In fact, it was a nice sunny day, which these days is, you know, you want to take advantage of it. It's never hot right now. So it's perfectly pleasant. And I just. And you're in line at the grocery store. Stop being so reactionary about every goddamn thing and just consider for a moment what the actual circumstances are. It's just, it was so clearly personally insulting to him that I he mean, had to stand in this line a few feet away from yeah. people to the point where it extended outside the door. Even if, let's say, I didn't agree with the laws and the guidance that right. was passed by the government, I there's no... What are you going to do? Why would you stand in line and put on a show for people? Like, who are you doing this for? Like, Probably are, because are I was you, giving him the stink eye. Are you doing it? Are you doing... Are you putting on this little tantrum show? It's like to children. You're putting on this tantrum show not for, for, not for yourself, but for somebody else. Like his little tantrum show is to show you that he's a badass, right? Like, it's, I don't, it's performative don't, for sure, right? I don't give a shit about you, dude. <laughs> no, not at all. I just no. want you to get away from me. Yeah, I just want. I just want you to. Yeah, I just want you to go away now because you're ridiculous, and I don't need this. Well, and the thing about this particular store is, when it's busy, the line goes out the door anyway. Like, if, if you could crowd up on people, it's still, you can only have maybe eight people in line before you're hitting the door. Yeah. So if there's ten people, you're on the sidewalk. That's just how this small space is. All right. It's just, I mean, clearly he's not used to having to wait in addition to having a government mandate that he, uh, you know, stay you away wait. from the people in his immediate vicinity right. while he waits. Yeah. I mean, he'd probably be happy to stand in line for, you know, for a gun. I'm sure he'd be happy to stand in line. <laughs> for lots if, of things. If we just weren't. Six feet away from each other. (laughs) That's the problem? What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, I don't know. No, I I don't know what his problem is. Again, again, those kind of things, like you said, they're performative, right? People come out and then they make this big thing. It's like, I don't know who you're doing this show for because 
I didn't pay for this show and I'm not going to pay for this show. So whatever you do, if you need to lie down on the ground and kick and scream, go, you please do it. Cause I don't give a shit about you. You're nobody to me. Well, let's talk about somebody because Kurt Lord returned to 75 this week and I'm struggling. He was our Walter Cronkite. I made this. I made this. Well, show. don't don't do. I was that was the pause. You're supposed to wait so we can start the segment. <laughs> All right. So Kurt Loader, MTV's Kurt Loader, our our generation's Walter Cronkite, Cronkite rather, uh, did turn 75 this week. As I've now said three times, <laughs> um, but it was one of those things that definitely hit home on the oh how old are we really. And so I started thinking about like, well, what? Well, first of all, do you have any Kurt Loader memories you want to share? He's not dead, so we don't have to. We don't have to <laughs> eulogize him. <laughs> first of all, there was like, you know, the um, he was the news, right? As far as I was concerned, pretty much. Yeah, he was the. I got my news from Kurt Loader, and then there was um, Tabitha Soren. Remember Tabitha mm-hmm. Soren, red hair Tabitha Soren. Then there was Serena Altschul. Remember? I'll Serena never Altschul? forget Serena Altschul. Oh, good lord! So love me some Serena Altschul. You know, MTV News was like a thing. It, sure. was, it felt like a a real deal news organization, and I think probably came from Kurt Loader. And then, of course, um, he landed the credibility required. Right. And then Chris Conley did all like the movie stuff. Again, completely legit journalism person what is chris connelly doing by the way because I, I see him every now and again he does things for maybe like cbs this morning or cbs sunday morning and i see him do features here and there he well, doesn't always, work nearly enough i know what i always thought was amazing about chris connelly is he'd show up on like a random show or a podcast where they had an entertainment segment and he just it was like he just never took a moment off from doing his job he was he's so smooth he knows exactly what he, wa- what he wants to say how he wants to say it and the point he wants to make and he makes it interesting it, like I said, it was a legit news organization. I do, the shit show that MTV is now is all an insult. All is, an, is an insult to my childhood, really. The, to be honest with you, <laughs> the challenge, Teen Mom, and I know like you love five thousand episodes of ridiculousness back to back. I know you love the challenge because every time we sign off from this show, you're like, I gotta go watch the challenge. <laughs> oh, I don't gotta. I'm going to. It's, it's one of my no, favorite you rituals. Gotta, you gotta. I think. I think just admit it. You love it. I do love it. But there you go. I, I love that I get to get done with this. And then, you know, when we record this, we tend to record it fairly late at night. And I tend to go to bed later on these nights because I feel like I have to wind down after we kind of get up to do the show. And right. so, yeah, the challenge is the perfect antidote. But, I mean, we had VJs who are credible people. I mean, you can liken this to lots of things in between then and now. I mean, it was like a golden era. And, and I love, you know, Martha Quinn and I have this lovely Twitter relationship. <laughs> We've discussed it before, yes. We have. I mean, we Has have it love- continued? Yeah, yeah. I will reply to her every now and again, and she'll like be like, Chris, thanks for talking. She'll like, ask me stuff. I'm like, why is Martha Quinn talking to me? I love her. But it's just this whole thing where it was, you know, it, it was music, it was videos, it was news, it was, you know, they had a DJ, they had VJs. It was just, it was nice to have, you know. But now, it's, sure. just, now it's shit. I just wish it was what it was. It was great. There's nothing like it either. Why can't we still have music videos? I, don't, I just don't think the kids... The kids don't want to sit around watching music videos all day like we did. Like, you could just turn on the TV and just let that thing run. Well, more than 10 years ago, I actually had this idea for a streaming service that was the music videos. So that you could have a party, but instead of just having the music on, you could put on a playlist of videos. So all the music that was playing at your party, the TV, your TV could be on and to be the music video for the song. 
Does YouTube have? Does YouTube do a thing like that where you can have it like? Yeah, but the audio quality is garbage. So I'm, I, you gotta have, I want to have like listener quality audio along with the visuals. I feel like there's money to be made here. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. A, the thing is, videos no longer have to be the hype Williams type. You know, like <laughs> productions. Although you would still have the option. You know, I mean, yes, you, you know, there's still videos being made that you hardly ever see anymore. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I would love to be able to stream videos when I have people over at my house. Yeah, talking about music videos makes me feel old. That's for sure. <laughs> well, speaking of feeling old, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. So what do you find is worse when it comes to celebrities for your I feel old trigger? Is it the young celebrity turning like 30 or 40, the person who you always assumed was much younger, or the celebrity from your relative youth, like a Kurt Loader, Kurt Loader who gets extra middle-aged or all the way to geriatric? Okay, so I'm going to use two examples. Okay. My first example is Harrison Ford. All right. Harrison Ford, 1977, Harrison Ford is our young action, youngish action star. He was never sort of young. He was always right around. 30. And that's why I don't have the trigger with Harrison Ford, because right. to me, he's always been this older, fully guy. grown older man. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So now that he's in his seventies or whatever, and he's this old man, it, 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 it sort of seems right to me. But now the other day I was watching, I turned on the, the professional and you see someone like Natalie Portman. She's 12 in that movie. Right. Or whatever. And now she's almost 40. Right. So is that right? worse? That's the... way worse. Okay. It's, it's way worse when you're introduced to young... Like, all the Harry Potter actors are all 30 now. Or whatever. Right. And they look like the 30. And you see them... You know, you see whatever. They show up in here and there for things that they're doing. You're like, holy shit. And then, and then you pick up one of those movies somewhere. You pick up chamber of secrets somewhere. And you're like, Oh my God, <laughs> they were just, they're just kids. And so I think that, that, that has more of an effect on me. What about like a Claire Danes? Claire Danes is like, but well, we've watched her age. I feel like it's different too. It's like, if you disappear for a while, uh-huh. like with the Harry Potter kids, it's been a little different for me only because I mean, yeah, they were young, but I was also fairly young when those movies yeah. came out. And so mm-hmm. as they've gotten older, it's like, yeah, okay, well, they're just younger than me. Like, kind of underclassmen style. Where, And then if you have somebody like Claire Danes, who I feel like I've watched get older every year of her life yeah. since she was introduced, I feel like that's also less jarring. But, like, James McAvoy went from 19 to 40 in, like, five-year period. <laughs> True. True. Claire Danes is interesting. I... You know, I love me some Claire Danes. Is my so-called life not available on streaming? Because I think my daughter would like that show. I don't think so, but I don't uh, really have any. Anyway, idea. I, I I should look for it. Anyway, but that's a the. Uh, but you know what I saw the other day? Have you ever seen a movie called Starlight? Uh, it doesn't sound familiar. It's a Claire Danes movie. It's uh, okay. it's like one of Matt Matt Reeves' first movies. It's got okay. like, it's got like Mark Strong. It's got the guy who plays Daredevil. It's kind of a fantasy adventure thing. Got Robert De Niro in it. I think Sounds like something I would watch. Yeah, it's got Michelle Pfeiffer in it. Anyway, um, Claire Danes is in that, and she's she's lovely. How old's Michelle Pfeiffer? Oh, Michelle Pfeiffer's like 140, <laughs> but she looks awesome. She's well, she's welcome. Me. She's welcome in these parts all the time. But yeah, so here's the other. Here's the next stage of I'm getting old. Okay, and it's happened over a couple of movies that I've watched lately, and it's the kids of actors. So I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which stars and and the Nice Guys. So okay. the Nice Guys, did you see the Nice Guys? It's a really good movie with uh, Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. They yes, play these like seventies detectives guys. Yes, I have. Yes. Okay, so there's an actress in both of those movies, 
beautiful girl, long dark hair. I was like, I was sitting there. I was like, who's this girl? Who's this girl? She looks very familiar to me. Turns out she's Andy McDowell's daughter. <laughs> and I had no idea. And she's um, gorgeous, just a and can act, unlike her mom, <laughs> which I sort of take the stick to Andy McDowell quite a bit. But she's a terrible actress. But her daughter seems to seems to seems to have it going good. And then, um, and then in the um, Tarantino movie and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, also an appearance from Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman's daughter, who was also in Stranger Things season three. Okay, yes. So I'm like, so this this is the kind of old I'm getting, where grown children of people I've followed, and then let me let me let me just finish my thought here. In Nice Guys, there's this kid who shows up. He's kind of a greasy, long-haired kid. I said, that kid looks super familiar. And it took me about 10 seconds to realize he was uh, Val Kilmer's son. And so, which springboards me into an article I read the other day about what's going on with Val Kilmer. And whose life is kind of a mess. And he's got like a, he had throat cancer. Oh, wow. Uh, he had like a tube in his throat and he's kind of, it's really interesting. Uh, you could find the, on my Twitter feed somewhere, but it's a, a link to a New York times article. It's really super interesting, but, um, but that made me feel old that, that Val Kilmer was in his young sixties and just looks, he just looks, he looks like he's 75. Mm. He looks like he's 80. It's, it's a rough go for Val. I feel like I worked through that particular feeling when, Athletes came into the league when I was already an adult and then retired while I was still an adult. Like, and then now the, the kids are playing. So I've come, I've come to terms with that dynamic that you've talked about. I guess it doesn't get to me quite as much as sort of the, like for me, it's the Gwen Stefani is 51. Right. That's where I really have a hard time. <laughs> She's my age. We would have gone to high school together. Kind of a deal. <laughs> but was it always like that for you? Like for her? Like just, she didn't, did she always seem like your age? Yeah, there was, you know. No, because, you know, when stars are... Star, it's funny because movie stars age in weird ways, mm-hmm. or celebrities age in weird ways. Like, Gwen Stefani was great, was great, looked great, didn't feel like she was very old, and then she got a bunch of face stuff done, and then that sort of tipped the, tipped the scales for me. It's like, oh, now you're old. You oh, I got mean? it. Yeah. Like, I'd rather, I'd rather, you know, I mean, it's not my business, but it's like, <laughs> just, just go ahead and get old. I, it doesn't... Uh, I don't know why... It seems like the it seems really refreshing these days that when you see older celebrities, men and women both, just like look their age. I like it. Uh-huh. I think it's I think it's a I think it's cool, but uh but uh some people can't. But yeah, I I think that I was watching Starship Troopers yesterday. Uh-huh. <laughs> Realizing that all those people are my age, right? All those people are you know, now they're like late 40s, early For sure. 50s type types actors. I don't know. It's 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 funny. I think that you um, fall in love with the person you are at a certain age, and you don't ever not feel that way. And if it's within your power to sort of stay looking something like that person, you have a hard time breaking away from that. At least for a certain type of celebrity, like this is this is what I look like. I'm not gonna look. I don't want to look different, even right. if I'm getting older. Yeah, this is the, yeah exactly. I look like this on the cover of this record, or I look like this on the poster of this movie, and that's what I want to look like forever. That's me. I that's came me. across some pictures of myself from 15 years ago, and, and? it seems impossible <laughs> that I'm the same person. <laughs> <laughs> that's 
That's funny. The I fitness think, is off the charts. The, <laughs> I think well, I, your wife may have posted some like anniversary like pictures fairly recently. When was your when was your anniversary? Uh, last fall. Last fall. Mm-hmm. I think she may have posted something like pictures of you guys when you were when you were just getting married. It's hilarious. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, who's that kid? Who's that kid that who's the kid in that picture with with you? That's like oh, ten cool. years ago. <laughs> sort of rough decade. See, this is the, this is like advantage fat guy. I'm just kind of getting bald, but I feel like I look the same. You know, I don't know. I mean, that's sure. uh, I mean, if you can, if you can, if you can be like the same basic weight and build since high school, which basically I've been. I've been like, I've looked like this essentially. I go to my high school reunion, people like, I don't know. Are you gonna get older? I don't know. I'm getting balder <laughs> though. That's a you know, if you really want to see this this dynamic at work, find pictures of my brother, which is he's ridiculous. Well, the one I wanted, the last celebrity I wanted to bring up with you before we get off of this is that uh, Christy Brinkley is sixty six, so I feel like she's getting up there for your uh... <laughs> oldest woman. Yeah, oldest woman I date. Yeah, uh, yeah, sixty six. Now, I mean, it's still Julie Andrews. <laughs> it's still Julie Andrews. She's still- yeah. It's still Julie Andrews, and you know, and I'm I'm trying to think who's going to who's you know I mean, and Julie Andrews is 84 years old. I would totally date Julie Andrews. Um, and then the other one, sorry, I was going to mention to you is that uh, Katie Holmes, 41. Yeah, that's a yeah. All those all the CW stars of my youth are all like all those teen stars of my youth were not. I wasn't that young in my 20s. <laughs> are all in their 40s now? Like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, she's like Sarah Michelle Gellar, something like. In her young forties, like forty-two or forty-three, I was watching. She's the one. By the way, I'm watching all these hilarious movies. I just they see them on. I just turn them on and just watch them. She's the yeah. one. Still terrific. By the way. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's probably all right. No, it's great. All right. Let's go to segment two. <laughs> all right. In segment two, we've talked about this concept before. It's the afterlife database. To me, the only real reason to have an afterlife. <laughs> My loved ones, eh, I need the data visualization of my life. So I guess in the tableau of the afterlife, if it exists, what visualization, what visualizations are you going to pull first? Yeah, so I think we've, we've discussed the afterlife database, and this is one of my favorite things to talk about after drinking several beers uh, with people. Because it sort of gives you a window into sort of what, what's, all, <laughs> what's going on in their brains. But there's obviously a dark side to the, the 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 afterlife database, right? This is a, and I think the I think the seed for the afterlife database got planted into me by this. There's an old Steve Martin bit where he uh-huh. goes where he goes to he dies and goes to heaven and gets met at the gates and they say, "Well, come on, how bad could it be? Like, how many times did I take the Lord's ma- name in vain? Ooh, a million six? Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but. My favorite thing to think about in the afterlife database, without question, is I want to see pictures of me that other people took. That that I wasn't supposed to be in their picture. Mm. Like like other families went to Disneyland the day I went to Disneyland. I want to see all the pictures I show up in in other people's photo albums. I'd like to see pictures of me too that like other people took that I've just never seen. Like even where I was like part of the primary Oh yeah subject like i'm sure there's hundreds of photos that of myself that i've never seen particularly of my youth yeah 
because those are yeah. real pictures so i've definitely never seen them. <laughs> yeah i want to see a bunch of pictures of me at six flags when i was young with really short shorts and like really high socks i want to see that too <laughs> Every, you really want those you want you want some uh some terry cloth shirts i mean i want some those those are the pictures i want well it's funny that you say that you think it's a good thing to bring up to someone when you've had a few drinks and because it tells you about what's on their mind because the reason that this popped back into my head is that we're finally able to play some golf again around here um seeing that you can stay away from people and by the way it's it's a side hashtag sidebar it's awesome that it's just two twosomes because it just it takes three and a half hours oh it's gotta be it's awesome it's fantastic uh, so I was inspired to think of this because I, of a shot that I hit while I played last. I was in a, in a tough spot, kind of trapped between these trees, and there was just one space for me to hit. And then I only had about 15, 20 feet of green to work with. And I had to carry the ball about 60 yards. And I just hit it perfect. I hit it to about three feet. And it was like, I, I, I don't know if I could do it again. Like, if you gave me 50 more tries, I'd probably do it three times. Yeah, and I want to know, like, is that in the top 100 of all of all the golf shots I've ever hit? That would be it, good. And it's empirical evaluation, right? Because I don't really know time, situation, score, weather. Like, but God knows all the weather conditions, the lie of the ball, exactly how hard that shot was to hit. Chris Wilson, your golf channel would be something I would watch. <laughs> That's I'd be like, all oh, I'd watch. Like, it's a <laughs> watch me shoot like ninety eight yeah. at like at Willow's Run or something stupid. Like, I'd sit down and watch that round. Show me the time I won the state tournament by lacing that ball up the middle to score two runs. <laughs> Again, please. Yeah. Show me yeah. those catches. I want to see all the awesome catches. Give me Dude, all of the excellent outfield plays. Of personal, my life. ES, personal ESPN would be pretty sweet. I, there's no question about it. It gets dark in a hurry though, because the very next thought I had was like, "What are the like? What's the database look like of the times I nearly died and maybe didn't even know?" Right. Or how many times was I really close to somebody who murdered somebody? <laughs> And I just wasn't the guy. Like, show me the, show me the, show me where I zigged. If I would have zagged, um, it would have been over for me. Like, how many like near death experiences? Right, that you don't know about. The ones you, you definitely, yeah. That's a, uh, so I had some other thoughts. I wanted to set up some rules for this. Um, I, I had some questions about how you feel like it would work if it existed. So, does the database have sliding doors moments and then the associated extrapolations, or, or does it only have facts? Like actual occurrences, that things that happened. I think it's only facts, right? Because it's otherwise impossible timelines. You couldn't. Right, right. There's too much stuff going on. It's just a, it's just a look back of the worst choose your choose your own adventure book ever. You keep like picking. I don't have enough fingers to hold my place to come back to this moment. No. What if I had? No. I don't think the. I don't think you want the. I don't think you want the diverging timeline version of that model. Okay. Then, if that's the case, is it limited to just you? Or can you access all of history's truths? Like, do you finally get to understand who killed JFK? Yes. I think so. I think because you're already dead. Like, the facts are already laid, right? So you can re- you can traverse the everyone's timeline. Yeah. Why not? Why is there any you? privacy then? Like, can anyone look at all the stuff you did? What if it's uh, like the most embarrassing moment? Like, my mom wants to look at all my most like embarrassing moments. Like, all the weird shit that, you know, yeah. happens in to teenagers when you're show me young. all the weird sex things Kristen. <laughs> god i should hope my mom doesn't ask for that from the afterlife database that would be embarrassing but i guess i mean what's done is done i guess you just have to accept <laughs> the fact that you lived your life and you know if you get access to the database maybe you did something right i mean maybe that's the maybe that's the hell part it's like ah you don't get to see it ah. <laughs> you're denied denied so i had some other thoughts about what i would look up 
Um, I'd like to know the total amount of time I've spent thinking about working out rather than actually working out. <laughs> it's like four to one ratio. <laughs> times I intended to do it, but didn't. Yeah. Times that you like, times that you thought to yourself, God, tomorrow I'm going to get up. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to start getting ripped. I'm going to get yoked. And then that lasts for like three workouts. And then that was it. I think part of my problem with that is that because I achieved that goal, I, it's hard for me to be like, yeah, well, it's never going to be that good again. So what's the point? <laughs> this is okay. This is from the old guy perspective. <laughs> I would tell you it's, it's continue. It's good to be, keep chasing it because it gets harder and harder. You have to, the diminishing return is, is real. Well, I'm doing maintenance. I just don't ever see the point of like, I'm going to try to grind this out and look like a superhero again. No, I mean, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's realistic. Unless, of course, you get cast as a Marvel hero, and then they'll then then you'll get yoked out for no sure. Doubt. But for regular people, you got other stuff to do. <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the other thing I had that was this is a personal pet peeve, and I probably this is it just really shows you about my psyche because I want to know how much time I've spent answering questions that I had already previously answered, <laughs> particularly in writing. Like if I have written this out already. And given it to someone, and then I later on had to answer that question. I want to know how many times that happened. A million and six. It's easily. I mean, right? It's like, please refer to my previous mail. <laughs> any other highlight? Any other highlights you'd go to? Not really. I don't know. I, 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 I'm not a very regretful person. So no. I mean, I, I like the. I just like the. I like the, sort of the hard fact aspects of my life. Like, you know. How much coke I drank, or how much beer I drank. You're gonna say coke, you did. How much coke I did, which is not very much, to be honest with you, which is zero. It's a zero point. Speaking that would be coke, interesting. Show speak- me a visualization of the entire pile of marijuana I've smoked for my entire life. <laughs> that see, there you go. Make it in one big plant. No, so I was, I was, I was breading some chicken for some chicken tenders tonight, and mm. you know, and. Oftentimes, as I'll do, which to the, you know, only to anger my wife, is to use too much flour for the dredging. So I have all this flour left over. And she doesn't want to throw it away because flour is actually kind of hard to come by these days. Mm. So I just put it in a Ziploc bag and label it chicken flour. And, you know, you can use it for a pie crust or whatever, but you don't want to bake a cake with it. Right. Whatever. So it's this chicken. It's savory so, flour. I've seasoned it. Yeah, exactly. So the chicken flour is hanging around, and my daughter walks up and she's like, "Hey, is this a big bag of cocaine?" <laughs> and I looked at her and I said, "Does do we look like the kind of people who could afford that big a bag of cocaine?" It's like, what is wrong with you? She thinks you're moving weight. <laughs> chicken flour weight like what do you think who do you think we are god go watch go watch a season of narco or narcos or whatever and you know figure out how much the street value of something like this would cost you know better she's probably been watching that euphoria show <laughs> stupid kid she's you know what she's watching she's watching this thing called money heist Mm, yes, uh, the show. The show I've nearly started four hundred times on Netflix and Spanish. never actually turned it on. It's in Spanish. Uh, I can deal with that. I, she's, she doesn't speak. Puedo Spanish. Un poquito. She, she doesn't speak Spanish, so she's watching this Spanish show. I Perfect. Don't know. She's I educational. Don't know. <laughs> it's educational. 
<laughs> whatever make i never laugh. started because it's called money heist and so that makes it feel like it was like put together by a robot <laughs> <laughs> i hear it's really good people are really enjoying it my wow. daughter really enjoys it i don't know what to tell you i might have to check it out dinero well, reasons- heist heist de dinero <laughs> i believe that's what it's called <laughs> I don't think heist is the word. <laughs> Criminal de dinero. <laughs> I believe. I have a mastery of the Spanish language. Thank you. Uh, we'll have to do a segment sometime on um, English translations or foreign translations. Like I'm trying to think of how to describe this. So a lot of times movies go overseas and the English idiom doesn't necessarily make sense in the native language. So they give it an English title translated to the native language. Uh-huh. But a lot of times it'll be like spoiler filled. Like the <laughs> Bruce, Will- the sixth sense is called like Bruce Willis ghost psychiatrist or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so you like get told what the plot is as part of the title. It ruins the movie. We'll have to do a segment on the, on the worst uh, spoiled foreign language translations. All right, well, as we look into the abyss, let's talk about that meat shortage. (laughs) All right, in segment three, so we all know that uh, there's been a lot of news lately about potential meat shortage in the United States and or potentially having your meat packed by... (laughs) 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 That went sideways in a hurry. Uh, (laughs) You know, I mean, I I have concerns about contamination as well, right? If you're going to run these plants with a bunch of sick people in them, I I don't do I want to have the Tyson chicken breast? It's been packed by the COVID guy. Are you not going to cook it? It's fine. I know. I know. That's not the point. I feel bad for the. I feel bad for the employees. They shouldn't. Of have course, to work I feel. No one should have to work. The, you shouldn't have to work in a in a in a job that threatens your health in that way. I mean, but all right. Well, but, that's not why I put this the, on the rundown. All right. <laughs> let's hey, let's yo. let's agree that no one should have to work or make a choice between their life and their job. I think right. we can yeah. agree that that is a, a, a truth. But. What I, uh, an article or comment I saw from an executive, a meat, exe- meat plant executive, said that we'll have meat throughout the pandemic regardless, as long as American consumers are willing to get creative. And I didn't really go into it any further to see what more he was talking about, but it inspired me to think like, okay, well, what, how, in what ways can we get creative? Like what other meats are available besides the standards? I mean, the big political problem beyond the, the pandemic is that we've basically allowed monopolies again. So almost all the food, food the meat specifically, is processed through like four or five large conglomerates. So if they have shutdowns, then there's not, you know, we're not sourced locally like we used to be, um, sure. you know, 50, 60 years ago. And it's more expensive to source food locally. And that's why we've done all this work to, you know, make the economic conditions such that you can get meat much cheaper than relatively at any point in American history. But that said, if you can't get your chicken, your pork, or, or what you're expecting, I mean, first of all, we're going to get the ugly meat. That's going to be the first step. Right? <laughs> ugly, like the ugly, like the ugly produce. For people. sure. Yeah. You know, first, you're going to get the, the ugly meat. So, what yeah. what is the ugliest meat that you're okay with? Like, what what is the, what are the limits for you? Just so, I don't know. I will eat any part of sort of the big three, which is like chicken, ch- a chicken, a pig, or cow. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can't give me out of a chicken, a pig, or a cow that I won't eat. In some way, shape, or form. This is the beauty of being, again, this is the beauty of being Filipino. You just, you know, you're fine. Any, from the rooter to the tutor, I, any of those animals is fine. And then if you want to expand into, like, sheep, I'm sure I'd be fine eating a sheep or a goat or anything like that. Um, everything else is sort of, I mean, again, I grew up in the sticks. Like, some people shot some varmints and cooked them. I mean. Sure. <laughs> I mean, Fine. 
I guess it's <laughs> you. You talking about like uh, now? I'm picturing Seamus McFly picking <laughs> buckshot out of a rabbit, <laughs> right? <laughs> Essentially, like rabbits and squirrels, and you know the you know of course the occasional deer. I had a college roommate who would bag a deer every deer season. I mean, he'd have to sit up a tree, freezes freezing his nuts off for weeks, but yeah, he'd get a deer pretty much every year. So, and how do you feel about venison? It's fine. It's is it it's, though? No, I mean. Yeah, I mean, like, they'd make deer sausage, and then we'd have, like, deer steaks. And, again, it was okay. I didn't have, like, the... I've had, like, fine dining venison, which sure. is actually really good. But, like, the deer that dude shot on his dad's farm was, you know, <laughs> it was okay. I mean... There's something about that. So, I've basically eaten every North American beef animal. <laughs> or not... Ga- Game-type game animal. Game-type animal. Yeah, yeah. It's like beef, obviously. Sure. Like, I've had venison, um, caribou, I've had moose, bison. Um, yeah. And, and actually, bison is the best of those. The 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 large <laughs> the large antlered animal, there's something about it where you have a steak, and it, it looks like a steak, and it smells like a steak, and you've eaten about two-thirds of it, and then you're like, what's the matter with this? <laughs> <laughs> Why is this weird? You're just not used to eating that sort of grown-in-the-wild kind of meat. Well, I found this incredible article from Andrew Zimmern, who people might know as the host of the Travel Channel show uh, Bizarre Foods. Uh, and this is pretty old, so this is not the purpose of this article. I was just kind of looking up, like, what else could we eat? Like, mm-hmm. it, was, it was, you know, regular supply chain, not available. He, one, he ranks these. Uh, <laughs> number one, goat. And I'm on board with that immediately. Goat's fun, totally fine. Like, yeah. you know, go to, the Indian, lamb shot, yeah. go to the Indian food buffet and rock the goat. Yeah. Every day, no problems. Love it. His second ranked meat is donkey. He says it's the most underrated protein. It's perfect for salumi, so that if you've had Italian, like actual Italian salumi, there's a reasonable chance it has donkey as a base. Okay. Uh, that it is great for stir frying or ba- braising, and then actually good for grilling. I would love to do. I would love to serve donkey just so I could say donkey. What are you eating? You're eating a donkey. Well, the, apparently the Chinese have a saying, dragon meat in heaven, donkey meat on earth. <laughs> I don't think I'd have a problem eating a donkey. Zero, zero trouble with that. He compares it to uh, fine venison, in fact. Okay. Okay. Number three, horse. And I know my, that we've talked about the horse-flavored ice cream. Yes, the horse meat ice cream, which I believe my wife has encountered, although I'll have to ask her if she ate it. But... Apparently, uh, common meat for the uh, landbound armies of the past c- centuries. Listen, I totally make sense, right? You're dragging all these horses around for the army, and some of them get hurt, some of them get old, some of them get hobbled. It's time to eat them. So, if you're looking for some horse, <laughs> <laughs> you can apparently find it in Montreal at either okay. Joe Beef or Maison Publique. We, oui. <laughs> and apparently, it's called Cheval. Well, of course it is. <laughs> Which is just... <laughs> uh, can I have the cheval ribeye, please? Um, as, the, as opposed to the horse steak. Yeah, I. it's called cheval. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> what else? Is, what else is Andrew? Is anything more on that list? Oh, he does. He talks about bird necks, which is not something you normally see in the grocery store, but you might see more of. We got a lot of... We got a lot of... We, we, we get a lot of chicken neck and turkey neck, and we like that. Oh, you do? Like currently? 
that's a Filipino thing. No, I know, they, I know it is. We like to get, we like, you know, yeah. If you get a whole chicken, you got to cook that neck up and get out that neck. It's good stuff. It's the duck, duck necks are like the expensive dog treats I buy for the dog. <laughs> it does <laughs> like, seem edible when I look at it, by the way. The last time I bought a roasted duck from the Wajumaya, I had I bought a whole roasted duck. I had him give me the head, and I put the head on top of the thing. So when you open the, so when you open the, when you open the box to get to the duck, the duck head was like looking at you. My kids were like, "Whoa, is that a duck head?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." I mean, I think all the shooting game birds are as again as someone who spent some time outdoors. If you need to hunt your own food, that's the easiest way to do it. Dude, there's so to, many like there's Canada geese everywhere. <laughs> it's to learn right? how to yeah handle a twenty gauge, and then rustle up yourself some pheasants. I can't. I mean, you could shoot Canada geese within walking distance of my house all year long. I I can't imagine you, you're never gonna run out. So back to the pioneer days. Andrew also recommends beaver. Okay. Learn to skin, save the pelt, butcher the meat, eat your beaver. <laughs> it's delicious. <laughs> Which which reminds me, when we were we were in Oregon playing golf a few weeks ago, the the the, the uh, golf course we played at had a lot of nutria. You know, have you ever seen the nutria? Yeah, like a giant rat. Yeah, well, it's like a beaver. It's like a pointy-tailed beaver yeah. more than it is a giant rat. I just I'm always sure think of nutria as the R-O-U-S's from Princess Bride. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe they exist. <laughs> I would eat one of those. Yeah, why not? A beaver? I don't think I need a beaver. It doesn't, think, it doesn't feel like there's an abundance of beaver. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I don't think... I can't recall the last time I think I even saw a beaver in the wild. We don't live anywhere where they are. I mean, when I lived in... I guess it was Alaska, so never mind. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, it was Alaska. Like, like, that's normal. Yes, of course, there's beaver in Alaska. Yeah, like tons of it. Like, you just walk out in the woods and see one scamping around. If there's like a plug creek it. or... Yeah, if there's a creek or a river next to where you're at, you will find a beaver dam. Oh, okay. Almost always, yeah. They have to clear them out of the main, like, tributaries that... You know, like the, the, you go find a beaver dam like under the river that runs under the freeway bridge. Like that's how common. <laughs> Pretty common. Wow. Yeah. I don't. I've I've never eaten a beaver, but I'm I'm sure. I, I never would. thought about killing it. Like we went and found that beaver dam that I'm actually thinking of, and we like watched the beavers. Yeah. Do their beaver stuff. <laughs> Doing beaver things, beavering yeah. it up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, he also lists porcupine. Uh, and, and he says that trapping wild porcupine is the only way you will taste this amazing animal unless you travel to Botswana and hunt them or journey to Kuchi, Vietnam, and okay. dine, at, dine at Quang Dong Khe, a restaurant that specializes in serving it. I'm, I'm not going to eat a Botswana porcupine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be pretty clear about this. <laughs> Apparently, you can serve the entire coat of fatty skin charred, which is a true treat. <laughs> according to our guy andrew zimmern thanks andy <laughs> so he also lists tuna head oh yeah tuna head yeah awesome you've eaten a tuna head sure he says this no one is serving in america and i don't know why tuna heads offer the best meat on the fish yeah the the cheek really like, have you ever yeah have you ever had like no maybe- i don't like i don't so i have a very Simple rule, which is, I don't want my food to look at me. Yeah, I can't. Oh, that's a. That's a. I can't come a, with a head on. Oh, that's one of the things that. So <laughs> no, elsewhere in the world, I've been around the world and and sure. I've eaten more meals than I with the head have, on that I've cared to with the head on. It was funny. Some years ago, I was having a birthday dinner at an Asian restaurant in Bellevue, and we ordered one of the things that I liked. There was uh, this fish with the head on, and it came out and like 
of course, all my white friends went, oh, God, is the hemp still that fish? I'm like, come on, live a little. That's the thing about, you know, the, the concept of the pussification of America. Like, yeah. I don't think we're pussies, but we're definitely squeamish as hell. Well, we're just separated from our food in a way that, that makes you weird by fish heads. Yeah, exactly. Like, and that's the, the, the best thing that could ever happen to you at a Filipino thing is where somebody orders a whole pig, whole roast pig and it shows up and they drop it on the table. And you're like, oh, here we go. Yeah. Well, I've done the it spit. Is, I've done the ground spit thing. I've done the yeah. pig roast. That's man. That's awesome. Kidding me? Yeah, it's I. It, you know, what I mean, I know people get squeamish about it for that reason. And having done the pig roast, it is, it is definitely off-putting when you start. But when yeah. you watch it cook and you watch it basically turn into food <laughs> in real time, it's kind of amazing. And you're like, oh yeah, now it's clearly food, and I'm no longer thinking about it in terms of it being a right a roast pig. Yeah, right. I'm looking forward to the enjoyment. One but before I let us off this particular deal, um, crickets, ants. I mean, if you're talking, you know, if we're talking about protein sources, oh, I skipped the bug section. You skipped the bug <laughs> section? Yes. Well, I mean, even even our local baseball stadium had a hit last year with their, or two years ago, starting two years ago, with their crickets, the grasshoppers, the the lemon, the lemon garlic spicy grasshoppers. People people are into them. Yeah, they're like corn nuts. Yeah, <laughs> better than corn nuts. I'd rather eat the grasshoppers than the corn nuts. Well, lest Still. you tell us we never did anything for you, I'm going to tell you how to prepare your tuna head to wrap up this segment. <laughs> okay. Rub the head with salt, place it on a baking tray, and slide the thing into a 400-degree oven for 60 to 180 minutes. That's a long, that's it's a, a long huge cook. gap. Can we, can we get some more info? Yeah, like, for an hour or three. Yeah, which one is it? Yeah. Until it's cooked through, whatever that means. Well, maybe it's depending upon its size. That exactly is what it is. So remove the head from the oven, hack it apart with a knife and fork, serve it with ponzu sauce, plenty of rice, grated daikon, and Japanese pickles, and try the eyes. Yeah, for sure. So six months from now, when you're fishing in the river, because we still can't get out of the house, don't say we weren't here to help you out. Listen, that tuna head's going to cost you way more than any sort of meat product you can buy even if we didn't have half yeah, i guess you can't supply. catch a tuna in the river i don't know what i'm talking no, about no i don't know i mean andrew it's not a, it's not really an alternative it's more of a delicacy if you can get a hold of a tuna head well, like i said this article wasn't written about alternatives it was just him yeah. writing exotic but i'm food. just saying it's not really an alternative it's not available to you, you well, don't the have next, that as soon as you can charter a deep sea fishing excursion and get your right. tuna you can. i don't have i don't have the money for a ziploc bag full of cocaine or tuna heads <laughs> I've got I don't I don't have that kind of cash. All right, well that's our 30 minutes and you know what that means. Now comes the part where we throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ready. <laughs> Dad jokes of the week. Woo! Should we start with our listener submission or yeah. go right into the regulars? Yeah. All right. Let's do it. So once again, listener Scottish Brian says it's a joke that if I could find, I would read to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Why do North Koreans draw the straightest lines? Because they have a supreme ruler. I like it. Hey, we're catching up. America's <laughs> got to be number one in everything. Please. <laughs> Let's see. That guy's a lot of things. A supreme ruler ain't ever going to be one of them. He wants to be. Well, I want to be Batman. That ain't happening either. <laughs> All right, well, in my commitment to reading you the titles of these jokes, this one is called The Best Medicine. This one is long and it sucks. (laughs) (laughs) 
A young pirate, proud of all the scars on his arms and back, seldom wore a shirt. After a particularly hot and brutal summer, the pirate noticed several moles on his back that were certainly not there before. He remembered the dire warnings of his mother, who cautioned that without a shirt he was certain to get skin cancer. So he hurried to a doctor the next time his ship was in port. The doctor carefully inspected his moles and told the pirate not to worry. They're benign, he said. Unconvinced, the pirate shouted, Look again, ye hornswoggler! I'm sure there be at least ten! Oh, man. <laughs> that was a long way to go to get kicked in the crotch for no reason. B9. Yeah. On a tour of the most remote islands in the world, a cruise ship passed a distant archipelago. Archipelago? Archipelago. One sharp-eyed passenger spotted a ragged figure rising from a campfire and rave- waving his arms wildly. Captain, the passenger said, who's that man over there? I'm not sure, replied the captain, but he goes nuts every year when we pass him. <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. Not bad. I keep picturing Tom Hanks. Yes. How come Humpty Dumpty wasn't looking forward to winter? Because he had, he had a great a nice fall. fall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A great fall. We tried to catch some fog on the way to work today. But it missed? We missed. Yeah. What did one toilet say to the other toilet? <laughs> You're looking a bit flushed. Mm. Where are average things manufactured? The Satis Factory. <laughs> the Satis Factory. And finally, what do you do to a scab when you're on strike? You pick it. That's right. You pick it. It'll never heal if you pick it, <laughs> first of all. Well, that's that's not very encouraging to our organized labor force. <laughs> you're also, your pirate your pirate skin tumors are, won't, won't uh, heal if you pick it. I feel like that's what Elon Musk would say to his, his team trying to unionize. It'll never heal if you pick it. <laughs> And his, and, his child, and his child E-A-E-X-12. E- Ether. What, what the fuck is wrong with those people? Who knows? I swear. All right, here's my joke submission of the week. All right. I misplaced my son's piano book, and now I'll never hear the end of it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you never will. I never will. Believe me, I would never hear the end of it. All right, let's go to the overtime. Overtime. In the overtime, um, I just wanted to touch on movies that make you cry. <laughs> and the one I'm talking about is Endgame. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Absurd. Okay. I, I feel stupid when I'm watching it. I know what's going to happen. And I guess I'm just a complete and total mark because having watched it again, I got emotional multiple times. Right. And it's so dumb. Like the kids are watching it with me and I'm like trying to hide my face. <laughs> Trying to hide the, the hide the crying, like when yeah, I know the exact moment. It's it's when Captain America grabs up Mjolnir. Yes, and you just get overcome by like joy and emotion, and you mark out and you start to cry. I every time I it's do the amazing. same thing. I do the same thing every time. The um the other one that the other similar thing that gets me every time and makes me cry while I watch it is in Force Awakens when. When, you know, you think that Kylo's pulling the lightsaber and it whips around and ends up in Ray's hand, I get all s- filled up with emotion. I just can't not. I don't know. It's, it's again, it's, it's, you love those stories. And I know we complain about how they're told sometimes, but they do, they are able to produce moments that you're just like, oh, man, 
that really feels good. The the end game one is tough too though because you get all pumped and you're like, oh, it's on now, and then he just gets rocked anyway. <laughs> like, <laughs> he doesn't turn the tide at all, like for a moment. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's well, it's that's enough to buy them the time when, uh, and then he gets, but he gets jacked up, and then then the on your left that gets me too, when oh. the portals start opening. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's anyway, good. I, I felt really stupid. <laughs> I, that's okay. I mean, I think I mentioned this some weeks back, but Rocky movies. Mm. I can't not cry during the end of Rocky movie fights. It's just stupid. It's just dumb. I don't know. I just. It's or at the end of Big Hero Six. Oh, Big Hero Six gets me like. Oh my watched, god! It's are so you satisfied? <laughs> are you satisfied with your care? Oh, oh. <laughs> I might cry right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, that one got to the kids too. That one, that was the first time. So we've watched that before, but now they're finally old enough to comprehend all the emotions that go into the story. And uh-huh. I watched them get emotional. Like my older daughter was so upset when, uh, and I'm getting choked up just thinking about it. Until <laughs> <laughs> you're telling the story, when he, um, when Baymax sacrifices himself. Spoiler alert! To uh, <laughs> spoiler alert, <laughs> to uh, shoot Hero back through the portal. Yeah, yeah. She got really, really upset. Like, yeah. was in my shoulder, like, sobbing. Oh, yeah. My daughter cries at those movies all the time. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. Yes. I can't. We should stop talking about this before I cry. <laughs> and then the one that used to get me all the time was when Will Patton goes to see his son before he goes to space in Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Armageddon just the other day. It was on. I, I, like I said, I, I, the quarantine has been very kind to me. They've, I mean, all the, my, my premium cable package has really been doling it out in spades they've just been like they've given me nothing but gold just stuff that i want to watch all the time it's been just been terrific well one of the other reasons i think that the afterlife database was on my mind is i started upload last night oh okay that greg daniels show okay so you do you, you uh it's, yeah i've seen the ads yeah so it does the ads do not look very appealing and but it's it's i haven't gotten far enough to have a real opinion about it yet but what's great about it, if you're going to try it, is that he gets to the afterlife, and because it's a computer program, it kind of sucks all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and that so that, that aspect of it, it's it, it's sort of it's kind of got a good place feel, but it's more about a character study of this guy because it was unintentional. There's like a difference if you're prepared for it. Like it's like it's an option for you if you're mm-hmm. going to die, you can do this instead. But he dies like tragically, so he's not prepared for the transition. So it's like much harder to adjust to it. Got it. Anyway, I'm gonna check out some more of it. I've watched uh, like two episodes. We'll come back. We'll come back and get a get a more uh, thorough review of it uh, in a few weeks. And you can communicate with the living. That's yeah. I wouldn't want to do that. I agree. I'm, I'm looking. To, I'm looking to shed this mortal coil and leave. <laughs> to be like, <laughs> well, the last thing I want to do is talk to people here. Jeez. Whatever. All right. Anything else? No, that's it for me, man. All right. Well, that's our show. Our thanks to all of you for listening to the two on three pod where we hope you're staying safe, staying healthy and keeping your head above water and, you know, not drowning in your own lung fluid. (laughs) Sorry, that was fucking morbid. (laughs) If you don't already, please subscribe and a review via your favorite podcast provider. And don't be shy about sharing your thoughts and suggestions for the show. I meant to say it earlier, but I'd love to hear from our listeners about what they'd pull in the afterlife database. We'll be back next week with more pop culture, life strategies and existentialism. But until then, Peace!